the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. Uh, You know that I am a big advocate of a free market economy and of all the things that I think make America unique, have made America unique. Uh, That is, I think, something that I share with our next guest. His name is Matt Mayer. Matt is with Opportunity Ohio. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. And uh, Matt, I thought you'd be a great guest to come on and talk about some of the things that may be outgrowths of this big deal with Intel that the state of Ohio has entered into. I'm pro-job, I get it, all that. But I also uh, understand that a lot of people want to live close to a metropolitan area like Columbus, and a lot of people in Jersey Township may not have signed up for this. So let's talk about it from uh, your perspective as a free market economist and a guy who, uh, Opportunity Ohio, you know, you guys are about bringing jobs and stuff like that to central Ohio. What's your, well, let's just start with the business side. I mean, this is being branded as a huge, huge deal for central Ohio to kind of remake a part of central Ohio out in Jersey Township, uh, you think those estimates are accurate? I do. Uh, you know, I think that what they're telling us they believe to be true, meaning I think that they, yeah, Intel's promising 3,000 jobs. I think they estimate that there'll be some, you know, 10 to 20,000 tertiary, secondary and tertiary jobs that come with suppliers and clients and, you know, stuff that builds out of that. Everybody that supplies the plant, cleans the plant, you name it, right? Um, and so I, I do think that, that if this thing comes to full fruition, it will add a you know good chunk of jobs to the to the you know greater Columbus area in the coming decade. So I see this number that everybody's eyes pop out. Average salary one hundred and thirty thousand. Not everybody who works there is going to make one hundred and thirty thousand. I don't imagine. Uh, is that uh, something that we're going to have some executives making? You know multiple millions, and then we're going to have people making what typical factory workers make? Or what do you know about Intel and how these things have worked in other places where they've built these kinds of facilities? Well, you know, it's a great question. And, you know, obviously, you know, average goes high high and low, right? Uh, But this is a high-tech manufacturing facility, so they're looking for skilled workers. Um, And and my guess is that, you know, it's going to be better than your Amazon warehouse kind of job better than your data center kind of job. Uh, and if it, you know, gets anywhere close to that number, then that's going to be good for those workers. You know, the the concern you would have uh, is that, and I've talked about this, Bruce, uh, before, is, you know, other than the greater Cincinnati area and the greater Columbus area, so there's this ellipse that circles those two areas that runs up, say, down I-71. The counties in there are doing pretty well mm-hmm. over the last, 10, 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. The rest of Ohio is doing fairly badly. So you've got loss of population in many, many counties, I think 56 out of the 88. You've had a huge loss of jobs pouring out of most of the counties. 
And so my concern is what, what this is going to do is we're not going to attract the best and brightest from outside Ohio. What we're going to do is further drain the rest of Ohio as people move to Central Ohio for these jobs. Um, that's great for the Columbus area, but for Ohio, uh, boy, it sure would be nice if we could figure out a way to get job growth going outside of the ellipse between Cincinnati and Columbus um, because, you know, the rest of Ohio is desperate for jobs and job growth. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and that gets at what I always think is a deeper thing behind the initial splashy announcement, and I know Mike DeWine will bathe his reelection campaign in the fact that he's created jobs and all that, and again, jobs are great. I mean, there's, you know, there'll be tax, there'll be tax benefits to this, local economies will grow, I get it. Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio is our guest, opportunityohio.org is the website, follow him on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. But here's the thing, like, I'm a guy who likes to live out in the country, but I like to live close to the city so I don't have an hour commute to my job. If you've been in that situation in Licking County, if you've been in that situation in Jersey Township, you don't have a choice in this. And a lot of people are going to be coming in here, the executives, I think it's reasonable to assume they're going to be people coming from other areas of the country that may not think like or share the same vision for the area where this factory is going to go where this new tech city is going to go and i get a little nervous from that perspective when i hear things like silicon valley the midwest if i want to live in silicon valley i'll move there i don't need it moving here am i somebody who's you know anti-progress or do you view what i'm saying as a plausible thing that should be considered and is there any way for ohio to manage that well i mean i think it's look equality of life is a legitimate concern for many people right and when you talk about the size of what they're foreseeing, that essentially is going to fundamentally change the I-161 you know, corridor between New Albany and, and Grand, Grandville, mm-hmm. right? Which Grandville has become somewhat of a bedroom town for Columbus. People don't mind the 45-minute drive into the city. But the growth that's going to come with this is going to essentially, I would, if it comes as they say, will collapse that farm community that small rural area and create just a, you know a, a huge nexus that is uh, uninterrupted all the way into Grandview. So it will change not just you know that area that where the plant's going to go. It's going to change Grandview. It's going to change the commute for many people there. Um, do you mean Grandview or Granville? Sorry, Granville. I Granville. do that all the time. Yeah. I have one brother in Granville, one yeah. brother in Grandview, and I always flop them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to change that quite a bit. And, you know, the, 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 the component of this that is the unknown is they're refusing to tell us what this is, what is this costing us? Yeah. What, what are the incentives? You know, I'm hearing one to $1.2 billion. Um, so that comes out to be about $400,000 per job of the 3,000 jobs Intel says it's going to add. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I, this, it's always important to have perspective. And so let me give you perspective, right? So this is, let's say, best case, this is 20,000 jobs in the greater Columbus area in the next decade. Well, in the previous decade, Bruce, while we added about 360,000 private sector jobs in the entire state of Ohio, the state of Florida added 1.8 million private sector jobs, mm. five times as many. So the problem is, you know, we are making huge uh, announcement over in the big picture is a fairly small drop in the bucket for 
where Ohio is. And we, we are, we have had a lagging jobs economy for now 20 years. We are still several hundred thousand jobs below the employment mark we hit in March of 2000. Mm. So, you know, it's good news. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we got it. And, and understand the re- the reason they won't tell you that Ohio got this factory is because of all the manufacturing facilities we didn't get over the last 20 years. Meaning, as you've been, you know, you read in the paper, right? South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Texas, new car plant, new battery plant, new this, new that, right? All these places. So, if, you know, if you're a company like Intel doing a project like this, you're going to go where there isn't the competition for workers that exist in those places that have been getting all of these huge plants for the last 20 years. That's why Ohio and New York were the finalists for this this, this gig, because, you know, no, nothing comes here. So you can essentially get the workers you want because there's not much competition in terms of, of, of new facilities, new well-paying jobs, because we've been such a laggard. So we got this because we're sick. <laughs> well, that, that, that's not a good thing, right? Uh, I, I'd much rather we spent $1, $1.2 billion making sure all of Ohio was a much stronger patient than it currently is. Yeah, understandable. Those are great points. We're talking with Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. His website is opportunityohio.com. And you can also uh, follow Matt on Twitter. And he's a very good follow on Twitter, by the way, at Ohio Matt. And so here's my template for this, okay? I'm much older than you. I'm from Western, West Central Ohio. I'm from West Liberty, Ohio. But I remember when Honda came to East Liberty, there's no doubt that Honda's kind of a template for this. There are all satellite factories all over Ohio now that that uh, supply Honda and Marysville's, in, uh, you know, inarguably changed since Honda. The other, I think, comparable to me is the Eastern area and the explosion of New Albany. I remember competing against New Albany teams in high school cross country meets when New Albany was just a sleepy little town, and certainly not that anymore. So, what can we learn about what's headed for our future here in Jersey Township, based off if those two? Uh, things I mentioned you find to be applicable here, Honda in Marysville, and then the explosion of Easton in the Outer Belt and the explosion of New Albany because of Les Wexner's investment in that community. Yeah, well, it looks like they're trying to build a mega campus, right, which is to try to contain everything in kind of one footprint. Um, and so I think it will be somewhat unlike Honda where, you know, Honda has doesn't have everything right in Marysville, right? Mm-hmm. They've got stuff in Jackson. They've got stuff in, in East Liberty. I mean, they've spread things out a bit, right? Um, I don't know if we're going to see that or not. The way they talk about this is that they wanted land, and then they wanted even more land for what might come with this, right? And and so that's where it might be a far more contained kind of little city than what you saw with the arrival of Honda in 1979 out in Marysville than what's arisen since then. Um, And, you know, the other thing to to keep in mind is you know, there is already so much population growth from essentially Reynoldsburg over to Grove City. So all of Columbus is growing in, you know, in the northern parts of the county. There's very little growth comparatively south of those two markers, right? South of Grove City on one side and south of Reynoldsburg on the other. So as we pour more and more people into northern Franklin County and then the, you know, Licking County, Delaware County, Union County, I mean, we're creating massive traffic problems, you know, infrastructure problems that 
boy, I hope they're getting that solved because I, I see I live in Dublin and I see here with all the growth up in Delaware and Powell where there, there aren't the arteries that support all that traffic coming in and out of the in and out of Columbus. And so mm-hmm. um, I hope the thoughts being put into Boy, not what not not what do you need in five years? What do you need in twenty years? Yes. So that we don't have to deal with a constant state of building, 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 uh, because they didn't do a good job on the front end getting this done the right way. And, and also, you know, Bruce, it'd be irresponsible for me not to talk about. You know, Wall Street right now has a great deal of skepticism over Intel because you know Intel is kind of late to the game of the newer era technology on the silicon wafer stuff, right? And so they are trying to now capture, you know, companies that are ahead of them. And because of that, they've lost major clients like Apple, right? Apple took their stuff in-house. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so there is concern that is this really all going to happen? Meaning, you know, if, if we see a, a, a market crash, right, as, as we try to bring down inflation, do we see external issues and global issues that, squeeze this so that Intel's board kind of pulls back a bit the way you saw, you know, that huge announcement up in, in Wisconsin when Scott Walker was governor for for the uh, Foxconn, how that was going to be the, you know, the biggest thing and the greatest thing since the creation of Earth. And now that thing has shrunk to, to something very, very small. And so part of the concern is what will happen over the course of time that might change this uh, and not, not build it out to the degree they say it was going to build out. But yet, are we still going to be on the hook for all the money from a taxpayer standpoint? And and, and and that, to me, is something that we better watch. Because, look, they, they announced the Peloton manufacturing facility over north of Dayton a bit ago. And then just in the last two weeks, Peloton has ceased manufacturing and production. They're having major market issues. And so I've not seen yet, but I keep looking to see if, you know, is, are they stopping the, the, the building of that plant yeah. because they're not going to need it anymore. So, so there, there are things that are going to happen that we should be concerned about. Something this big, things this big can get killed pretty easily by boards, activist investors, if the company itself isn't kind of doing as well as they hoped, right? Right, right. Well, these are all things that I knew you'd be on top of, and you certainly were, and I appreciate your time today. I'd like to have you on again soon on these business matters because I think OpportunityOhio.org is a place where people can learn about this, and you put it in easily relatable terms. So I appreciate your time, Matt. Thanks so much. Anytime, Bruce. Thank you. My thanks to Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Uh, his comments to us about the big Intel tech community coming to Jersey Township and Licking County uh, sparked a call from Ron, who joins the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Ron. Hi. I really enjoy your program. Thank you, sir. I think the big concern here is, uh, you know, the congestion that might happen and the uh, raising of property taxes, things like that. And I've been lived in this area a long time, and I noticed along Beach Road, part of the annexation area, to be, you know, houses are mysteriously disappearing along there, and uh, you know, a sign of things to come. Yep. But w- one thing the paper said is this factory would use five million gallons of water a day, and uh, there's a limitation to water and sewer to that area. Uh, according to these news articles, they, they can only go to Mink Road, and beyond that, they can't. 
so there's a limited capacity. So it sounds like they're going to use up that whole. It, from what I can tell, it's about a two mile by two mile area that they're they're going to annex. And there's people that have been in there for decades in that area. You know, it's, they want the pristine country, but mm-hmm. uh, some. Well, here's the thing, Ron. Uh, wouldn't it be ironic if the Silicon Valley people would not prioritize the environment while doing this wonderful tech city? And again, I I am predisposed to be a contrarian. And two, if you tell me it's up, I'll tell you it's down. I get that. This may work out to be a phenomenal thing. But I've been out in that area enough to know that it's a beautiful area. And there are people who live there because they love being in the country with proximity to the city. I understand progress and all that. I know there'll be vacant land somewhere else that they can move. But if you've owned farmland there for a long time and the land values go up and you can't afford the property taxes anymore, I don't like seeing this happen in Montana. When development comes and, oh, let's build a ski slope or whatever. I just don't always believe that things that are labeled progress are progress for everyone. So we'll see how it goes. Um, But I won't be a bit surprised if environmental compromises are made that will allow this to happen because the whole climate thing is an argument of convenience. It is not an argument based on merit. Nor is the argument from those who are crazy about vaccines that they gain any kind of self-assurance that vaccines will keep them safe. Recent morning consult poll found that among the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, 27% are not at all concerned about getting COVID. 29% are not very concerned about it. What if you're vaccinated with a booster? You should be not concerned at all, right? You got the vaccine, you got the booster, you're fine. Uh, No. Uh, Only 6%. (laughs) 21% viewer. Only 6% of the vaccinated and boosted are not at all concerned with getting it. And 25% are not too concerned. So the numbers are lower among those who are vaccinated, which is crazy. Which is crazy, but but perfectly understandable. Now, uh, you know, I've talked about the transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, Pennsylvania University. Uh, I've wondered why no Penn swimmer has been quoted. I thought it was because they were afraid. I now see in the Daily Mail that these swimmers have been told they can't comment by the university. But I also read that Will Thomas, a.k.a. Leah Thomas, will soon tell his slash her story to Sports Illustrated. Wow, interesting that Will slash Leah can talk, but the other swimmers cannot. Uh, By the way, uh, Will, who has biological anatomy, uh, but says he's a female, uh, still dates girls. And this makes it a little problematic for the Penn swimmers who have to share a locker room with him slash her. One of the swimmers, tells the Daily Mail that they have complained about this to their coaches. I'm sure they're very sympathetic, right? She says multiple swimmers have raised it multiple different times. We were told we cannot ostracize Leah by not having her in the locker room and that there's nothing we can do about it. We basically have to roll over and accept it. 
or we cannot use our own locker room. Hmm. So uh, the transgender swimmers' feelings matter. The feelings of the vast majority of Penn swimmers do not. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 